Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala dot com. Welcome back to a Celtic Escape of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Canavan. You've been a, a Monday staple, Amy, for some time on the Axon Bulletin, and you're back, and we're in the midst of the pre-season, but there is loads to talk about in the world of Celtic. And before anybody says, oh, we've already lost a couple of big names in Beaton and Rogic, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about assets you would rather keep but they've been sold for big money and uh, I was having a wee look at that actually 
Um, and we'll start off with that, Amy. I was having a look at that this morning. Um, how big a part of that do you think um, is down to Ange? I'm going to read through the seasons, the five the five seasons. The last time we went through an entire campaign without selling one, one of our big assets, big names, uh, was in Brennan Rodgers' second season, 2017-18. In 2018-19, we lost Stuart Armstrong to Southampton and Moussa Dembele to Lyon the following season, Dedrick Boyata to Heather Berlin and Kieran Tierney to Arsenal. Season after that, Jeremy Frimpong to Bayer Leverkusen. And then last pre-season, it was uh, Chris Ayer, Ryan Christie and Odson Edwards. So five years on the bounce, we've lost big names. This year, it would be an absolute shock if one of our big names was to leave. How big a part has Ange played in that, do you think? I think Ange securing Champions League football's played a played everything in it in all honesty um, I think you've got they both kind of go hand in hand um, in that aspect and you can't take that away you know how many of these guys elsewhere are going to walk into you know a, a, a starting Champions League group stage site mm. um, that's not easy so to have that kind of guarantee it shows already that how imperative it is to keep that kind of standard going and obviously winning the league is, is paramount but what also comes with that is like you see a relatively stress-free transfer window so well I, I think this summer's quite I know it's hard because it's not almost it's it has started but it's not started it's still very early days but so far there's no real tenseness or worry angst anything like that I think there's an awful lot of sadness still especially I think with Tom Rogic for me anyway um but as you say, going for the, the kind of the big money move and you're thinking, right, who's going to maybe come in mm. for X, Y or Z? I don't think any of those kind of nerves have, have really struck yet. Um, and as you say, you know, this time last season, we were definitely all thinking Edward, matter of time, Christy, matter of time, and Ayer. Because Ayer at this point, I think you were still going, right, if he stays, the only thing that could maybe make him say if he was made captain or, or, so, or mm. something like that, but, it, you know... In truth, I don't really think that was ever really an option. I think it always was going as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's just nice, actually, to have a, a relatively calm June. Um, you know, there's not been... It's just everything's just so nonchalant. And, and it's great. Like, I know we were joking that, like, Jota's been on more holidays than Natasha, but you're just having... Almost. Uh, oh, well, almost. That's quite the record between them both. Um, but... Yeah, just like not having to worry about qualifiers or and not having to worry about those big money moves. Everything's just, yeah, probably, you know, as champions, bro, what you deserve in all honesty. I think we was touched on it so many times how much of a disgrace it is, how little a break um, Celtic mm. get usually. Because, you know, you're going up to the cup final and then, well, mostly, certainly in recent years, and then you're back again in a matter of weeks for qualifiers. So just that stability that's kind of kicking around, I think, right now, you know, other than, than Jota, which still remains, I think every few days there's a, oh, it's close, oh, it's close. It's got to be close. Um, I don't know how many more folk can break it as an exclusive that it's close. Um, but if, if, you know, if, if he gets secured, then I think you're looking at, rightly, one of the most stable summers in and I know you're saying five years since we've lost a big name, but I don't know how long that's been then since pretty much other than Tom Rogic and Beaton really losing anyone of note, really. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing with that is, and I've always kind of came back to this, is having a strategy where you can keep a group of players together, Amy, for that, that wee bit longer than the kind of three years that we tend to have a cycle 
on a player coming in, you know, you look at the classic example, some of the names that we've mentioned here, Dembele, for example, Frimpong, um, Boyata, where you bring them in to sell them on. I mean, that's the whole purpose. Yeah, you get your benefit of having the player whilst they're there, but you're developing them and they're getting on a bigger stage so that they can get the big money move. And always, I mean, even if you look at that, how many players was that that I read out there? Five, six, seven, that's eight players in the last five years um, that we have lost, uh, mainly to big money. I know Boyata ended up going on a free, but we had had a, a nine million quid bid uh, not back for Boyata the previous January. You remember the banner coming out when he played and uh, um, he wasn't the fans' favourite. And then he scored a winning goal, I think, <laughs> at Celtic Park and that was all forgotten. But there's eight players who are still active, in their prime perhaps even, that if you put them all together in the same team, we've got a frightening team. And you do have that aspect of it. Um, and I know that's fantasy football, but what I'm trying to say is, if Ange has that effect on the club and on the players, and yeah, the Champions League qualification is a massive part of that, um, and you're able to keep them in together as that kind of nucleus for the next three or four years, that's the kind of quality that you'll be looking at in three or four years, you know, because that, that's just been in the last five years, eight players that have moved on, that had they been still at the club, Amy, the team that you would have would be you know, frightening. You'd be looking at them doing something. I'm not going to say for a minute they're going to win a European trophy, but you certainly would be looking for progress with that litany of talent. And you're kind of hoping that Ange has that effect on the board, on the players that he's working with day to day. Like you said, Tommy Rogic has left the building. He's 29 years of age. I've been having a look at some of the players that have left at the moment. The last that I've seen uh, in terms of interest for him was from... Persija Jakarta in Indonesia. Sounds a bit like a semi-retirement move for, for Tommy Rogic. Um, but I did go back to one of the conversations that Ange had where he said that you know his entire adult life has been sp- spent in Scotland, away from home. And uh, obviously, you know, he's maybe not looking for a big move or he maybe doesn't have ambitions, Amy, to, to do something in European football, even at international level. So it would surprise me... A, a little bit, but I get it. I get why he would make a move. Near Beaton, 30 years of age, last I heard was interest from Maccabi Tel Aviv. And then you've got guys like Ewan Henderson, we knew, 22 years of age, he was on his way to Hibs. Barkas, season-long loan deal to, to Utrecht, thankfully. Uh, we've also heard a lot about Kerr McEnroy after a, a few decent spells out in loan. He's managed to get a move to Kilmarnock. Good move for the boy. Luca Connell, um, Colin Watts, drew me that 25 quid. He did not make a first-team appearance. Colin, if you're watching, the £25 hasn't landed in St Mary's bank account yet, mate. Um, Dembele, apparently, has got interest age 19 from Serie A. Um, and I'm I'm looking at that group of players and you're thinking, you know, maybe Rogic, maybe Beaton, the rest of them, you know, it's just normal, um, you know, staff rotation uh, in many ways. And you expect that kind of list of players to come and go at a club like Celtic but it is refreshing as you say that we're in a pre-season we're not worrying about qualifiers we're not worrying about um, the big name player leaving the club um, and by the way you know the three that left in Christy Ayer and, and Edward as you know I was a big fan of Chris Ayer but it was time for him to go he wanted he wanted out Edward it seems had checked out Christy was the one I'm kind of disappointed in simply because I think he would have suited what Ange was doing, but you know, that's all in the past. I want to talk a wee bit, though, about one of the players that was on that list, Kieran Tierney, Amy. 
Um, and I know that uh, you have a vast knowledge, not only of Celtic, but you follow football elsewhere and you keep a, a keen eye on the English game. When I've seen the, the news in the last couple of days that Tierney has apparent interest from Man City, um, I found it quite interesting because of the transfer fee. And I remember a show that I did with Kev Graham around about the time when Tierney was kind of on the move. We, we knew he was the next in line, like we've just spoken about, to be leaving the building. And we had this discussion, how far can he go? How far can Kieran Tierney go? Well, let me tell you this much. If he was to go for the reported 50 million quid, there is one thing. He would be the most expensive Scottish football footballer of all time. And I was having a wee look at this this morning, Amy, because I know that I've mentioned Oliver Burke a few times, right? There should probably be an Oliver Burke Claxon. But I was thinking, who are the top five in combined fees? So if you look at Tierney sitting at 25 million quid at the moment, right? As far as I know, please correct me in the comments if I've forgotten anybody. I think he's number four. Um, you've got underneath him, Stephen Fletcher. Combined Fletcher. transfer fees, 24.39 million quid. That's frightening. Uh, yep, that, that, that was the one that came first to mind. Just because you think I many moves. Big well, moves. Aye, yep. big, big moves. But here's an interesting one. Duncan Ferguson. £25.47 million in transfer fees. And that was a while ago. I was just going to say, you're thinking back in that day, back in the day, back at that time as well, though, that's huge. A massive fee. There was that. the big one, I think the big one was Everton to Newcastle, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. About £9 million quid or something like that. And then Jordan Rhodes, £31.23 million. Jeez, oh, wow. The second most expensive Scottish footballer of all time. Uh, follow in number one, of course, is your man Oliver Burke, thirty-three point two one. So it would be great for Kieran Tierney to move so that he can be the the, the most expensive Scottish footballer of all time. But the, my big question, I guess, would be: I know you've been watching his progress, but do you think he'll follow in the footsteps of someone like Virgil Van Dijk, where he reaches the pinnacle of European football, he wins the big cup, the cup with the big ears? Do you think he's capable of doing that? Oh, and is Man City the club for him if he wants to do that? I don't want to have a great man say though. <laughs> um, oh, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of man say at all. Um, I just, I don't know. You just, you know, get to throw money at anything and, and everyone. You know, if, if, but in saying that, if if he wants to win it, it's probably the place to go. You know, if they can throw the money, I think it's been reported about three hundred and seventy-five grand a week for Haaland. You know, that's just absolutely insane. It's, it's. Pretty disgusting, to be honest with you. Um, so if maybe, maybe that is probably where he sees, because if I think if City don't win the Champions League next year, then I think there's something really wrong. I think it proves that you can't buy it, though. I think PSU have been trying that probably for the best part about seven years now, and, and they've still, you know, pretty much came nowhere near. Um, of course, Keaton Tierney can win it, though. I just certainly hope that it's not with Man City. I really don't. Um, but he can pretty much play anywhere across Europe. It's his style of play, you know. We see even at Scotland that he can play in that back three and still get so far forward. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the inverted fullback, just your, your bog standard kind of left back as well. Um, he can really do it all. So I think his attitude as well. The, the biggest thing, Keane Tiernan, we knew it when he was at Celtic, was always just going to be how injury-free can he stay. Mm. You know, and I think, to be honest, if he hadn't had the injuries that he's had at Arsenal, he'd probably moved on by now anyway. Um, because, at least, 
when he went down, I think a lot of us thought he was still too good for that, that kind of Arsenal side. Um, and I think that's shown through in recent years. Um, when he does go on a run, he's by um, far and wide the, probably one of their best players, even though he may not be the most expensive at that time. But, you know, there was a lot of underperformance in that Arsenal side. Um, I think that, yeah, he can pretty much play anywhere, any club that wanted them. I think the Real Madrid rumours have went a little bit quieter in recent mm. weeks, um, as you say, as the City ones have ramped up, but no surprise at all that he's he's getting, you know, offers or, or figures and transfer talks going around left, right and centre because this is, um, yeah, this is a guy that can pretty much play, I would say, anywhere. And I'm pretty sure if he does win the European Cup or any of the, the clubs you've mentioned there, that he's probably wearing a pair of Celtic shin guards um, whoever he's playing for and of course Celtic will benefit if he gets the big move because we have had that habit of putting in the sell-on clause I mean most of the players not all but most of the players that I mentioned there the eight players over the last five years um, there's quite a few of them with, with sell-on clauses in, in their deal Frimpong for example uh, Dembele Ryan Christie Chris Ayer Eduard um, so and of course, uh, Kieran Tierney. So there's a lot of money coming Celtic's way because they've they've had that kind of foresight to, you know, it's part and partially a big deal these days, isn't it, to get the sell on? I mean, we've we've got it. Um, having brought in Carter Vickers, I'm sure it'll be the same if if we do do the Jota deal, which we'll be talking about at some point uh, during the show as well. But Kieran Tierney will be keeping a wee eye on that. Um, and I always remember again, trying to remember who we were playing, and Tierney was left back, Ralston was right back. And you're kind of watching it going, you know, we've got two decent fullbacks coming through. And then their careers just went in completely opposite directions. You know what I mean? So that was me just taking the opportunity to mention Tony Ralston again. Because I know you were a founding member of the Tony Ralston (laughs) fan club. Um, We've got a wee poll running on YouTube. We are only going out on YouTube today. I'm going to run that for a week, see how it goes. Because up until now, uh, in order to raise the awareness of a Celtic state of mind, we've been going out on every platform you can imagine, including Twitch, Amy, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Um, Whatever that is. I thought to myself, let's go exclusively on YouTube. Um, Let's get the community all in the one place. We are running uh, a poll at the moment. You know how much I love the old uh, Celtic jerseys and Celtic's uh, new home shirt. There has been quite a few leaked images. Is it? Is it not? Who knows? And I've asked the question, are you a fan of the supposed new home jersey? We'll come back to that in a second. But at the moment, yes is 48%. So it's completely dividing opinion, but we'll come back to that. Um, let's bring up some of your comments. Michael McDonald, welcome back to the show. You are, of course, commenting on YouTube. I am gutted and shocked that we're letting an opportunity to release a classic Celtic Adidas uh, line slip through our fingers. Talk about a win-win. I remember um, when I was doing a lot of the kind of research on the Celtic jerseys, asking the old collectors, I'm not saying they're old. Well, I did just say that because most, most of them are old. Um, asking the old collectors, Amy, who would you love to to make Celtics jerseys, because we had had this association with Umbro for about 70 years, right? And then we had Nike and New Balance. And there was always that thing, you'd love to see, you know, the classic Adidas templates. But of course, the problem is the classic Adidas templates were back in the day. Um, And I don't know which ones you're referring to, Michael, but I'm going to bring up a couple that I think, or one at least that I think was a classic uh, template. And I remember saying this before, um, and I'm not sure if you would agree with this or not, but I remember the the old Adidas kits that um, they used to make for Queen's Park Rangers, for example, right? 
Yeah. So this one here. And I know that uh, Guinness isn't everyone's cup of tea. Um, but that there, I think Declan if you've got... Declan likes a pint of Guinness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you would need to have more you'd need to have more hoops than that. But I think that what you've got there is you've got a classic Adidas template from about 1985, 86. In fact, it would be about 86 because Celtic had a similar jersey in terms of the collar and all that, but it was an umbral one. You'd need to have the hoops on, on the sleeves. Is that the kind of template you're talking about, Michael? Let us know because that is one that I've got to say I am um, a big fan of that particular template. We do like to talk about everything involving Celtic. So um, the jerseys are a big part of that, particularly in the pre-season uh, BAC, we should go for the Japanese brand Mizuno. Can you even remember Mizuno? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Amy. I can't, I know, I am... I'm familiar with it, but I don't think that I can remember it. No, like I've seen it since, obviously. I remember it. I think it might have been, uh, well, in the UK anyway, BAC, correct me if I'm wrong, 1990s, it became a thing. It was a brand. I remember there was quite a lot of brands coming into the UK, like LA Gear uh, and all that kind of stuff, right? So you had your Reebok pumps and everything. Didn't get me started on uh, retro trainers, man. Travel Fox. Troop, Champion, oh yeah, British Knights, SPX. So uh, Mizuno were kicking around about that time and I do remember them and they moved into the football boot market as well. Do they still exist? I'm sure they did make football kits for a while. Um, Michael McDonald, the new top is cool but it needs a collar, three stripes uh, from the neck to the wrist and obviously the classic logo. Again, interestingly enough, because we do a lot of content um, that is non-Celtic, uh, related, Amy, we were talking to a brand designer who works for Maber down in London, they're a Spanish brand and he was telling me that they'd had that discussion with the Adidas kit makers about what, why don't you go for the three stripes down the sleeves, why don't you go for the, the trefoil, the old classic Adidas badge, but they're dead against it they reckon it'll never return whilst those in charge are still at Adidas uh, which is a bit of a shame because I'm a bit of a traditionalist a wee bit like Michael by the sounds of it and I would love to see uh, a return to the old Celtic jerseys. Now, for me, um, a Celtic home jersey should have at least six green hoops. Amy, now I'm getting into the anorak stage, right? So the one I've seen, I think's only got five. I um, did that earlier, to be fair, actually. I did as well. I'd, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd, it's missing I a hoop. I know we'll come on here, but I don't I don't like it. I don't. Let's, let's bring it up. Let's bring yeah, it up. Right? Let's so, there's been a, a linked picture. Uh, some eagle-eyed uh, viewer has said that this has been taken at Celtic Park because that is a Celtic Park lounge carpet. Carpet. Uh, nothing gets past the eagle eyes uh, out online. But yes, it does look as though, if I remove Michael's comment, that there is a Celtic carpet. So not an about the now, actually. 
I seen one on the tiled floor. Yeah, they see. What I, I I saw that one as well. Because if that that's the, I, the one that's lying flat down, mm. yeah, that's kind of been doing the rounds this morning. I'll be honest, I don't like either. Um, I really don't like the silver. The tricolor, well, not the tricolor, but the three stripes. Not a tricolor at all. Um, that's point. It would be I, better if it was the tricolor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was the tricolor. That was I, these three silver here. I don't like that at all. Like I really, really don't. Um, I don't mind the V-neck, but on a home strip, I'm, I'm not so sure with the hoops. Um, and I'm right now because I was just all in my head today has been the the other one that I've seen floating around. I don't actually know which one I prefer and which one. Um, is yeah, I'm just I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of either. And I think going back to what you said earlier, I just think I've been pretty disappointed with Adidas as a whole um on the home strips. Because I think as you as you rightly say, I remember even when I was younger, like 11, 12 or whatever, and I was like speaking to my uncle and we were thinking how great it would be at that time. We we're going, oh, I just want Adidas. Um and then New Balance, we even had New Balance before Adidas and just thinking what Adidas would be able to do with it. And I just think in the home strips have just not really hit the nail on the head yet. Like I'm a big fan of this this uh, away strip, absolutely. And like no shock, absolutely the sponsorless away strip. Um and probably we sponsorless home as well. Um because I just think the daft bit's absolutely huge. Um but I just don't think that they've I don't know if they're trying to be too quirky with the home. You know, just keep it and, and, and I'm speaking to the, the expert here, but I think the simpler you keep it, I think the, the more impactful it is. Ah, definitely. Less is more when it comes to yeah. jerseys. And I think um, there's a few templates back in the day, maybe going back to what Michael was saying, uh, where we could just use an old Adidas template and it would work an absolute treat. Uh, remember the Liverpool away jerseys back in the 1990s? Um, I'll bring one of them up, actually. But uh, they were superb Adidas templates. And I'm pretty sure that uh, we could bring one of them. It does bring back memories of the likes of John Barnes as a player, but let's not get him mixed up with John Barnes as the manager. It's this kind of thing, right? So that would work as an away jersey. I mean, the three stripes on the shoulder yeah, and all that. that kind of stuff, that would work an absolute treat. Um, but yes, we are obviously at a stage where whatever the design is, it's been decided and it's not going to change now. Amy, um, regardless of what we say on a Celtic state of mind or elsewhere. But yes, that seems to be the feedback on the away jersey. It shouldn't be a black back. It should be the stripes extended. And on the home one, the silver stripes are getting a bit of flack on the shoulders and the silver star as well. And also, you know, with the green, the green hoops, just leave it green. You know, when they start yeah. putting all the patterns and all that kind of stuff. Because I think that one's more bloody, but I think... It's. I think the other one that was doing the rounds this morning is slightly different. It's like there's like many triangles in it, um, and I'm just yeah. I just don't know why you try to overcomplicate something that is literally the most basic strip and the most beautiful strip, and just Keep don't think you're a bit edgy. Absolutely. I mean, see if you go to the kind of early '80s, right, and you look at the Umbro jersey with a V-neck. If we're going yes. to go for a V-neck, it was quite a bold V-neck, no frills, nothing on it. Green and white hoops, simple as you like. There's your kit. It's a classic. Yep. Stick the Adidas logo on it and it'll sell by the bucket load. But there you go. They don't listen to us, Amy. Um, well, fan engagement when it comes to things like that. You're going to sell the fans. Why not ask them what they want? Um, and I think, you know, at some point they're, they're going to realise that or they're going to keep ending up with pink and silver away jerseys. Now, the new fixtures were announced last week. I was asked to speak about them and I went through to Celtic Park, which was a great experience, Amy. I didn't see that. Um, did you not? 
No, not I'll send you the link. No, I know. It kind of went under the radar, you know, these <laughs> things often do. Um, I, I'll tell you what, it probably would have even been worse or better. Uh, probably better. Um, the trophy was meant to be coming as well, and I'd have been yeah. standing next to the trophy, but it was late, which was unfortunate. But we were there to talk about, obviously, the new season. You've already made one of the points um, that I think is huge. We do not have any qualifiers to play in Europe for the first time in a long, long time. How big is that going to be for our preparations, Amy? Oh, it's huge. Absolutely. Um, it's just, I like your season just starts at a more regular time, really. Mm. Not starting in some mental European country that, you know, none of us have ever travelled to on, like, the 4th of July kind of thing. So it's... Um, no, it's it's nice just to have a, as long a, a, a pre-season really actually as what Ange wants. Obviously, it's still right now quite early days and um, but you are starting to see players gradually kind of filter back. But yeah, that you know that's all that Ange could have wished for. He said, you know, last season that look what managed to do last season actually. Just even look at that. Um, and that was with the, the, the worst kind of circumstances ever and you hope that He'll and no manager at Celtic will ever have to, you know, walk into something like that ever again. But yeah, just he's already, you know, building in the backroom team as well, um, very impressively, setting his plans out kind of um clearly to the fans with with um with the B team as well. Everything's gradually just shaping up. Um nothing seeming too rushed. Um, you know, Harry Kuehl was obviously like uttered a wee bit a wee while ago, even maybe just 10, 10, 15 days ago, and now it's been announced. So it's just, like I say, just not rushing, just taking it nice and, and, and slowly. And yeah, then when preseason can start, you know, it's even knowing that, like, that's it, you know, because if the mood at the start of the season, at the start of the league season, that that is, you know, it's not going to be hampered by a, a poor European home or away. Uh, defeat really mm. um, there's not that the, the travelling it's just basically as clean a slate as you could ask for and I think that's pretty ideal to, to what Ange wants to, to really impose I think it's it, it seems like an obvious question how big a, an advantage is it but Celtic had got into the habit of playing these qualifiers yeah. um, and my biggest issue with that was I just never felt prepared I, I never felt that you could possibly go into a pre-season Amy and do all your work in the pre-season for those qualifiers all your work in terms of recruitment should have been done in January. And it was a short-termism, and I mentioned this last week, bringing in players that you didn't really intend on keeping beyond the end of the season. And that, that's why I had an issue with how we were using the loan deals before. You know, your Charlie Musonders and Ollie Burke, who we've already spoken about, and Tolian, and all these guys who you didn't really intend on keeping beyond the end of the season. So it wasn't benefiting the qualifiers, which inevitably we would be involved in. So thankfully we're not. Um, and you were also talking, uh, harking back to last season, what Ange walked into. And I think often it's interesting to have a look at that first lineup against Michelin. So let's do that. Barkas was in goals. Tony Ralston at right back, the only right back at the club at the time. Greg Taylor at left back with Beaton and Welsh at centre half. That's huge. Beaton and Welsh at centre half, Amy. Um, your three midfielders were Turnbull, Sorrow and McGregor. And up top, Abada, Edward and Christie. So, and, and by the way, we almost got through that. Even with a sending off to Beaton, bringing in Dane Murray, dropping back, we almost got through. We took them to extra time away from home. Uh, Sviachenko marked Edward out the game, which I found absurd. 
I mean, we knew as much about Sviatchenko as he knew about Edward. You know, we should have been able to combat that. We didn't. It wasn't Angie's fault. Um, but we're not going to be going into a game as hamstrung as that. And that that's huge. That's massive for our preparations. Um, I guess we don't know until the draws are made. We don't know until the games are played. But at least we're giving ourselves the best possible chance that we can. Now, the other big thing I thought was blatantly obvious for football fans, surely the champions and unfurling that flag is a showpiece of any first fixture weekend. Why on earth are we playing on a Sunday? I know the obvious answer is the telly, but I mean, surely the champs should be opening the, the weekend up with a, you know, with a fixture at least at three o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm a bit traditional. You know, it's kind of that straightforward. If you're unfurling the flag, it's like signal the start of the league season. It's not really the start of league season if boys have already played yesterday, do you know what I mean? I just find that it's, it's not that hard to try and get these things right. Only, I think, to be honest, only Scottish football could really continually muck that up. Um, and I think it shows as well, rightly as you say, the only reason that's happening is obviously for the TV deals. Um, and it's even a TV deal that didn't even really actually care about Scottish football. So I think to pander to them... It's just, I think it's just laughable as well now, isn't it? But you just, you do, you just come to expect it. But I just, I think it's so odd. It's just so straightforward. You know, if you are unfurling the flag, you kind of kick the season off, not already have four games played or, or whatever. So, aye, it's a strange one, but you just have to probably take it with a pinch of salt and laugh because I bet, yeah, actually, most of us, probably on Thursday, if you said, well, Celtic start the season, you'd probably say no. The the thing is, again, I always think about travelling fans. Travelling fans as in travelling to see Celtic. Yeah. Uh, so those coming over from Ireland in particular. And uh, there's never any thought given to, to travel plans or anything like what that. When uh, yeah, when they're changing it. Absolutely no thought given. The one, uh, well, I guess by the time we play our game, you know, Livingston might have got a result at uh, the Tony Macaroni. So we'll see how, what happens there. Um, there was a run of fixtures that I found quite interesting. When we come back from the break... Obviously, there's international football in December. We come back, we play Aberdeen away, St. Johnston at home, Hibs away, Rangers away, which is the traditional New Year's derby. Um, and I think that that was the one that kind of sprung out at me. And I thought, potentially, that's a, a tough run of uh, games other than St. Johnston, unless they return to the form of two seasons ago. That's potentially a, a tough run of games leading up to the second derby game uh, at New Year. So we'll see how that goes as well. Um, there's a good few points coming in. You mentioned that uh, obviously my uh, chat last week had gone under the radar. Thank you to everybody actually for getting in touch on a, normally on a private basis uh, email, DM and also on Twitter. I've got some lovely messages from people who I think have a Celtic state of mind actually so thanks everybody they don't go unnoticed and I do get round to answering everybody individually uh, Paul McLean, big names, who are the big names apart from McGregor who had been there before last season uh, I think that's a good point by Paul right? Because that's a great point by the way I, the, like, even I was talking I was thinking oh actually mate that's the reason the fact that like, Ange brought all the big players on only last season yeah. I think it's a fantastic point I really do so it's a staggered thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's, there's clubs out there interested. They they can't have, um, it couldn't have gone unnoticed, you know, the impact of Kyogo, the impact of O'Reilly 
to name but two, right? But I mean, obviously there's other players in there who have done so, so well. And there's always interest in Celtic players. But it may well be more of an issue, particularly if we do well in the Champions League, this time next season. And that's when we get down to that nitty-gritty and, and uh, we come up against this, the kind of challenges that previous managers have faced right back to, to Brendan Rodgers. Like I say, it was five years ago uh, that we went through a pre-season and didn't sell. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A supposed big name. So Paul, it's a good point. These big names might just be at the start of the Celtic cycle. And, um, you know, it could well be further down the line that we start getting a wee bit concerned about the vultures circling Celtic Park. I don't want to think about that at the moment. Every time I look at uh, any news reports, any news sources, any of the Celtic um, news coming out, there are new players getting mentioned every single day. You could probably do a, a transfer roundup every single day on, on the bulletin, Amy, and just focus on the guys getting I mentioned. But what I will say, I don't want to keep hacking back to Friday because obviously it resulted in a wee bit of flack on Friday night, which wasn't very nice. However, see when we, we drove up to Celtic Park on Friday, right? And this is true. There was somebody at the front of the park coming out the front door and they were obviously with their family, right? So there was maybe four or five of them. And I says to Stuart, who I was with, I said, that looks like a player, right? Not one of our players, it's got to be said. Someone who's been in the stadium, maybe been shown around and all that kind of stuff. And he jumps in a black Range Rover and, and he dives away. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I've just maybe not got that that instinct of a, a red top hack, because I'm not one, um, that I would have tried to get a picture or maybe even made my way up to try and figure out who it was. But there was definitely somebody coming out of Celtic Park with their family. And I supposed at that time that perhaps it was a new sign and perhaps we were showing them around. And then I seen something on um, Celtic Underground on Twitter actually saying that somebody had been shown around the park. So it could well be one and the same. And now I'm kicking myself because I never tried to figure out who it was. Do you not um, take hair colour, height, anything like this? Very generic, yes. <laughs> uh, very generic. But uh, I was looking at some of the players who had been... Um, linked to the club and I don't know how you know realistic it is that one of these guys will have been at Celtic Park but uh, Stephen O'Day the 24 year old Nigerian centre forward who is playing his trade with Randers I've looked at pictures today possibly 
Um, Alexander uh, Bernabe, the guy who obviously has been in the news because he got sent off for sticking the head. Definitely in not him. It wasn't him. Um, Alpha Semedo. Uh, no, nope. it wasn't him. Benjamin Segrist, no, because we know he's about yep. seven feet tall. and yep. what it, looks like. um, it wasn't Ko Itakura uh, and Vinny Souza, possibly. But again, I don't want to throw that out and start rumours. But there was definitely somebody leaving the front door. And then I looked at that Celtic rumours site, uh, Celtic Underground, and I thought, oh, wait a minute. I should have been on the ball. I, I probably would have walked past them and, you know what I mean, just said, all right, mate, and that would have been it. And then I'd have been scouring uh, Google to try and find <laughs> the player that I've just uh, I've just missed an exclusive scoop. Um, but I reckon the big talking about players, then we could go through all the guys I've mentioned and the other twenty players who've been linked. Um, interestingly enough, Itakura looks like it's the, the, the deal is going to be elsewhere. Munching Mich- back and interested, um, but I think the big question is around Jota, um, and not just will he, won't he? Because obviously we don't know. And we're looking at all the wee scraps that we can get. I know that Anthony Joseph shared a wee bit recently on, on where we are with that deal. If we get the deal done, though, and this is something, again, going back to one of the points I made earlier, Amy, right? Maybe in, pa- in the past, if we brought two players in permanently and three on loan, we might have thought, that's a bit of a cop-out. You know, the board aren't really backing the gaffer. You know, why are we not buying these guys in on loan? However, I think that's all changed in the last year because of the way we've been using the loan deal. So... Bear with me on this one. Last season, we bring in Jota, Maeda, Kata Vickers. All three of them, you would bite your hand off to keep them permanently. Thankfully, we've got two out of three at the moment. You take the third every day of the week. If we only manage to get Jota and CCV in on permanent deals, plus three loans, and there's no guarantee, of course, Amy, that they're going to be of the same level or you know, as successful as the three we got in last year. Do you think we'd be happy with that as Celtic supporters? Would you be happy with, with that? Would you be wanting more? Do you think that's not enough investment to go into the Champions League? Three loan deals and just the two signings. Mm-hmm. Oh, or is that borderline? Is that like the absolute bare minimum? Yeah, that we should be looking at. I think that's proper bare minimum. I really do. Um, I don't think I would be. Oh, yeah. That's a tough... I don't think I would be... I don't want to say disappoint. Oh, maybe disappointed rather than... Maybe disappointed is the word. I just don't think it's enough. I don't think that's um, enough. That three loan deals... Because, yeah, it worked last season, and I'm not saying that like it wouldn't work again, but it is a huge risk to take. And I think that um, there are areas where I would like a more permanent deal kind of struck. And I think even with... Jota and Carter Vickers I still think there's more than even just three, even if there were loan deals I still think there's more than three players or three positions needed around the squad mm. um, for depth so yeah I'm, now that I've definitely thought it through no I don't think I would be like content with that no I think I've said in the past uh, Jota Carter Vickers get them in and then we're looking for a goalkeeper as backup left back yeah. defensive mid and I still, still think we need a striker I see, and I still see another. We'll talk about Julian, by the way, because obviously there's been a bit of um, chat around uh, Julian because he's deciding he wants to stay. I'm I'm pretty sure Ange makes that decision, mate, but we'll talk about that. Paddy Lavery, yeah, hang my head in shame. I should. I was so, you know, 
concentrating on the job in hand, right? And you know what it's like, Amy. You can only do one thing at once well. Some of us can. And mm-hmm. uh, this this thing happened, and I was like, right, I should maybe know who that is, but you know, I missed the opportunity. And as someone says, I'll bring you back up, Jungle Lion. As Johnny Ryan says, too late. The rumours have already started. Absolutely, and it's not because I'm trying to be in the know. I'm showing you how ridiculously not in the know that I am, even when presented with uh, an open goal of. Uh, Skelped it over the bar. Jungle Lion love to go back just to the numbers on the shots, pay the fine like the old days. You know what, Jungle Lion? I love the old shots. I absolutely love them. I'm looking at a pair of them right now. We've got a number seven pair in in the studio, and I love them. And by the way, interestingly enough, the shots have an inside pocket. Answers on a postcard. What do you need as a footballer to be putting on your inside pocket? Is it your false teeth? I don't know. Is it your cigarettes? I don't know. Right, back in the day, I know they used to like a smoke at half-time. But anyway, the numbered shots probably won't be reintroduced because of all the regulations, etc., etc. But why on earth has a club never released the full range, 1-11, to and the big white shots with the big green numbers? You would see them all over Europe on holiday, Amy. You would. Simple Aye, as that. Come on. Absolutely. Easy. Aye. Get that on the marketing team's to-do list for sure. But yeah, I love the old shorts. Um, who do I think it was? I'm not actually sure. I've got to say, I could I could guess, right, and start a room and pretend that I'm in the know. But as I say, um, I'm ridiculously not in the know because even when they're a few feet away from me, I can't tell you who it was. But he was definitely there for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier, Ange Postacoglu is doing... Uh, moves or, or making moves behind the scenes and I've been very impressed with that because when the name Harry Kuehl first popped up we did ask the question a week or two back um, what does this mean for that the existing coaching staff and I think in particular we mentioned Stephen McManus because he was kind of like last to the table he was the last in and the way that Ange has explained that and the fact that he's actually now seen McManus as almost like a bridge between the B team and the first team is I don't know if it was by design, but it was a bit of genius, the way that Andrew's explained how McManus is going back to the B team, but he now knows what is required in the first team, and he can start that filtering process from, from the B through to the first. What do you think of that, and what do you think of the Kuehl appointment as well? I think it's so, just even, just the way that Angela described it, I think it's so respectable um, towards um, Stephen McManus. And I think it's, yeah, you know, even if you originally maybe weren't a fan of it, I think then you've just got to tip your tip your cap because he's managing to sell why that's a, the right thing to do, you know, pushing them back. And not even pushing them back, like just because it even it's not even like a step back. You're saying how integral that he is. Um and he probably will, or you certainly hope that he'll become one of the most integral cogs because it's been one of the biggest disappointments for me this season. And, you know, I've never had the fact that I don't like the B side. And one of the reasons why that I don't think that it works is because we've not seen, other than really one Moffat, you've not seen that kind of pathway anywhere that, you know, was kind of promised. So with, um, with Stephen McManus now, hopefully going to set up the B side in, in the in the way that Ange would want, in the way that if you know if they're going to make any kind of transition to the first team, the way that they need to play, then I think that's a one-one for for everyone. Um, and then potentially from a, a Celtic perspective, then I could feel a lot more comfortable with why the B side are, are in the lone league and think that they're actually getting something out of the experience, other than you know this season when I don't really see any progression. Um, 
because like you say when you know when I've seen Celtic they've just obviously they've set up the same as the first team but there's been nothing and I know you're not going to absolutely replicate but it's got to be it's got it's got to be like that they're playing in the way that if they were to go into the first team that the role would not be totally unknown to them um so I think he's just it's a total masterclass really to to shift McManus back and it shows like I say how highly he regards Steve McManus and then to bring in someone like Harry Kew, like oh my god you know they're so I know perhaps his actual managerial career has not been the best um but if you're bringing in a guy with that much football knowledge experience you know genuinely the, the term legends obviously extremely overused but there's no two ways about it. the guy's an Australian footballing legend um, and to bring him in just yeah even if the managerial stuff's maybe not at the highest standard you know he's still been a coach for many a year mm. um, and yeah just if you've got that kind of backlog of the career that he has had it's only going to be US one assumes going to be so impactful just to even the younger players as well that this is a, a proper player here and, and he's going to try and impose some of his wisdom I think that's a, it's a really really top class signer and again it just adds to that you know we spoke so much last year um, that Ange wasn't too fussed about not bringing in his own background staff backroom staff sorry um, and to do so now and to make such a timely you know a, a timely a move, a timely signing um, and a, a just a, a, not even just like for the sake of it kind of thing, that this is a proper name and a, a proper guy obviously he respects and there is that mutual respect as well which is crucial, so I think it's just I've been, probably went under the, the radar a little bit, just the whole movements in and out, um, but those changes I think they're going to be um, absolutely magnificent for the club. It's like you say it's been seamless as well, it's not as though for weeks and months we've heard rumours of Kuehl coming in and, you know, bolstering the backroom staff. It just happened, you know, and that, that seems to be the way with Ange, doesn't it? It's like, you know, if he wants a deal done, it's done. And it's all done kind of in-house um, and on the quiet, unless there's somebody like me hanging about outside looking for people visiting the stadium. Mm-hmm. And even then, I can't identify who it is. So you're, you're absolutely, you're safe if it's me that's uh, meant to be doing the detective work. But I, Harry Kuehl comes in, and he's got that profile, like you say. So when you're you're talking, let's say, have we tapped into the Australian market yet? Is that something that you know you know is on the radar as well? Um, and you've got two Australian football legends, and and that word is the correct word when it comes to what the guys have done in terms of Australia and um, as Australian uh, sportsmen. So I think that's huge as well. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if McManus already knew that the reason he was in last season was because Ange had plans maybe to bolster it in the pre-season. You're coming in, you're going to get that experience and they're going to put you back to the B team. So I don't think it will come as a surprise to Stephen McManus um, you know, that that, has, uh, that that course of action has been taken um, as well. But just to let everybody know, if they don't already know, Amy, you do have a good knowledge of the Lowland League having been working uh, on media duties for Bonnie Rigros last season um, and you've got an opportunity to see the kind of standard that Celtic had at B level. Uh, you've told me privately, mentioned it a couple of times, you weren't overly impressed, actually, with, with how they set up and how, how they performed. Was there anyone within that team that you saw that you think, right, you know, that maybe the time isn't now, but they are definitely earmarked for the future, that you think will make that progression to the first team? Um, I think consistently when I saw... Um, 
again, and it probably because of the age, I would say uh, this uh, a few years, but I was really, really impressed by Mackenzie Kenzie Cars. Really impressed by him. Um, just felt that he operated quite well. Always wanted to be on the ball, like really always showing through the ball, and there was a lot of intent. So I think he was probably the the star for for me. Summers as well was really impressed by him, but you know. Um, when uh, when Rose played uh, Celtic, it was at the start of the season, and then it was like first game of the season. So I, you know, it was just even that side was still. You can't really take an awful lot from that because it was just so many of the boys. I think were still were Celtic in Wales at the time. I think Ange took them down to Wales for pre-season mm. for that, and they took yeah. say maybe nine or ten um, off the. Players, so that you know, it was it was a very young side. I've told you before as well. I've always been really impressed by Rocco Vata, um, like really impressed. And yeah, he's young, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, I really wouldn't, because I don't think age should be a barrier in the first side. Um, and for for me, I, I was really really impressed by him. And then at the back, obviously, Dane Murray and Boston Law as well. Um, you know, I think there, there are big expectations for both. You really have to hope that this is um, this injury that Dame Murray picked up towards the end of the season is not too um, hindering towards his career. And Boston Law is another one, really, who's actually had the injuries this season. But when I have saw, I've been really impressed by his physique um, and by his just his reading of the game when stepping in, you know, know when he sit. Um, and, I, and I have been impressed by that, to be fair. So, Individually, there's been a few, but as I, I don't know, there was just they didn't look, especially in January. Played Celtic at the end of January and just didn't not look like there was a lot of cohesion, and I think that was quite worrying. Um, and it's just you know you are it's not like that they're all just randomly chucked together now. This is everything that is whole point to be them playing week in week out is that you know it's all part of the training and it is like proper. Like this, you are the B team, um, not just reserves who maybe play once every six weeks or whatever kind of thing. This is a, a regular thing, and the, yeah, I would say that was probably the most disappointing thing. That was just, and I know it's not all going to come together in a blink of an eye, but you would be thinking by after January that things would be a little bit more apparent, um, mm-hmm. that something was ticking over, it. and certainly then I personally didn't see it, but. Maybe that's me being too harsh, but I think I had big expectations um, because, you know, at the end of the day, as much as uh, I've, I've not been a huge fan of the B-side, purely just because of what I know the Lowlands League, I'm still wanting to see good, great Celtic youngsters coming through, and, and that's just not what I saw at all. I've got a, a kind of a two-part question for you here, right, because Celtic last season, because it was obviously a new thing, we'd just been introduced to that, that level within the pyramid system of Scottish football, Celtic threw their financial kind of um, you know muscle at the B team to a degree, and we've mm-hmm. gone out and we've bought players in it specifically for the B team, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that means we weren't ready. We didn't. So we've got John, Johnny Kenny, one hundred twenty-five k. Mm-hmm. I think Joey Dawson was closer to three hundred k from Scunthorpe, and then uh, uh, Boston Lowell from. From Watford was another 120. So you think to yourself, well, there's about half a million pound of an investment in players um, thrown in uh, to that league. As a Bonnie Rig Rose <laughs> um, media slant uh, observer, commentator, yes. fan slash slash mm-hmm. slash, um, how did that how did that make you feel? Because it almost felt 
from the outside looking in, because I haven't had a great involvement with the B team, I've seen them a few times, that it was almost as if we were just throwing money at it. Um, and, and I don't think it necessarily worked, but from your perspective, that's the first part. And secondly, how satisfying was it that you won the league anyway, even when a <laughs> oh, team spent half a million quid? So satisfying. So satisfying. You know, like say, both Celtic and Rangers are chucking money at it. It's disappointing. There's no two ways about it. Um, because the whole point, the way that the B-sides sold it to the Lowland League clubs was that, you know, this is just, the whole point was it was meant to help the Scottish international scene as well which is just a load of rubbish to be honest um, because you're looking at right so Celtic Celtic uh, Scotland played Denmark in, in the 21s last week so under 21s level that's where you should be having these B-sided players not a single one you know Stephen Welsh is uh, in the in the starting lineup, and that's his last 21s cap it's the same with the Rangers you know Leon King and, and Alex Lowry, two really decent talents, Alex Lowry in particular. Um and you know, I know many fans who want him in the first team, but he's not even he's he's not even starting for Scotland twenty one. So the whole point was is that it was meant to improve the the international scene and, and that was kind of the way that they sold it. So it was meant to be the homegrown players and all of this sort of stuff. And then you're watching Celtic and Rangers like say pull in players for hundred and twenty five grand, three hundred grand or whatever, and you know Bonner and I took the bank for a striker and it was I can't even do the maths and I don't want to say what it was but um, I'm in a school off that put that way um, and I, it's just it's just not on to be honest um, so I was extremely satisfied when Bonner went on to win the league and yeah it's it's, I don't, I don't, they, Celtic and Rangers, they don't care, you know, they can win the league, but you're never going to get that promotion anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And I think that's another thing that I spoke to you about um, after the Celtic game as well. Um, that so afterwards, I'm speaking to, 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 to Tommy. Um, so walk through, and you're, you're watching all the players come to the dressing room, speaking to Tommy McIntyre, speaking to Toss as well. And you're just watching all the players walk. So they've just been beat 2 1, and it's pretty much that win pretty much sealed that Bonnerig were in pretty much in the playoffs. Um, not mathematically, but it was kind of, you just went, you know, you know. Um, and I was just, it was that attitude to all the players. So they went, they were 1-0 up against Rose and then Bonnerig got two, um, an equaliser and, and a winner before half time still. And in second half, Rose absolutely destroyed them. And it was just that attitude of the players coming out afterwards. And I'm like, you've still just been beat, but it's just a laugh to use. And I remember mm. saying at the time on the show, and I've said it to you quite a lot, and I was just like, you've still been beat. You know, that's not the attitude that I would want to see in a Celtic player because it doesn't matter if it's, this is the Lone League or not. If, if you're trying to sell that, and, and at the same time, Tommy McIntyre is telling me how much that he loved it and he thought um, that this has been a great, you know, thing for for the boys and that that they were very keen at that point to, to try and make this more than a one-season thing and obviously that has came to, to fruition. And then you're just watching these guys, like, bounce out, really, eating whatever they're eating. Um, and, and, like, just, I don't know, it's maybe only, like, a sandwich or something like that, but just laughing and joking and I was just, like... I'm totally away from Rose, but as a Celtic fan, I'm just that's not what I would want. Well, put it this way, it wouldn't be acceptable in the first team. And no. you're meant to be operating like the first team. You're still operating with a Celtic shirt on. And I was really, really unimpressed by that. Um and I didn't like it at all because I'm just you know, you're buying into this as a fan. And I'm like, you're not even fussed at all. Um 
And I know that's only what I saw and, you know, what happens in the changing room can be very different. But that tiny walk out from the changing room and um, then into the car park, which is tiny, I was just not a fan of that at all. Bouncing about sliders, AirPods on, then music blaring. And I'm like, you have been beaten. You have been beaten. Go and show something. It doesn't matter that it's it's bothering. It doesn't matter. That it's, it should hurt more that it's the league leaders. Absolutely. Because you want to go out and you should want to win more and prove it. You're on massive wages and half of these guys have done a shift that morning. And that was really, yeah, that, that was the biggest thing for me was the attitude right afterwards. It's interesting that because the for me, and again, this is no disrespect because they're doing extremely well to be at that level. But at that level, in terms of being a Celtic player, you've not made it yet. And I always no. think about um, something Tommy Burns said, and it was in one of the old videos that eventually we'll cover on the retrospective on the channel, Return to Paradise, it was called. And he was talking about making it. What does it mean to make it at Celtic? And he always said, you know, making it isn't getting in the first team and playing a few games. You know, you've actually got to make it and there's got to be a sustained period of uh, performance. Um, and I think some people might think they've made it already, Amy. That's what it sounds like there. Yep. Um, and it's interesting that that, that is uh, your observation. Tony Cassidy reckons that Takura is already done. He's away to Gladbach. I thought, you know, the minute that team was mentioned and the transfer fees, to be fair, um, we were kind of out of the running. But it's interesting we were, inter- you know, interested in such a high-caliber player because there's no doubt he's a quality player. Gary Melrose, PJD, I suspect will have to be happy. The agents are at it again, using Celtic approaches to advertise their clients. Yeah, that, I think, is why I'm not focusing on the 20 players a week that we could probably go through, to be honest with you, because you just know, Gary, that um, a lot of the time it's just uh, they're playing the game, aren't they, the agents? They're, they're chucking Celtic's name in the mix to try and get things moving. Um, Brian Degnan uh, will be seeing Brian on Wednesday if the loans have options to buy that may be different I totally agree with that the the short termism of so many of these uh, previous loan deals was frustrating as a fan because you're thinking how can you build anything when they're just coming and dipping their toe in for four or five months and they're way back to their parent club Robert and, and, and saying that they're driven John Joe Kennedy's parent club Robert Highland negligent if we don't bring in a permanent left back and I think many of the players that were being linked to is certainly um, the left-back position. You mentioned Chris Julian earlier on, so let's have a wee talk about Chris. One appearance last season. Uh, we hadn't seen him since the previous November where he collided with the post against Dundee United. But apparently, and I've never seen any direct quotes, Amy, so I was a wee bit dubious about this one, but apparently he is ready to stay and fight for his place. That is the word that appeared in the press over the last week or so. Meanwhile, Carol Staffelt, with his top off, is training in the beach on the on the beach in the sand. Um, first question for you: I'm not asking you about Carol Staffelt, with his top off. Would a fully fit Christia, Chris Julien displace CCV or Staffelt anyway? And I'm talking a fully fit Chris Julien. Would he get in that side? Oh, um, what is what does a fully fit Chris Julien look like? It's been that long. Um, I would say at this stage, no. And I don't know how much of that is still being um, persuaded by his comments. Um, I'm trying to not include it, but I think it's pretty impossible. I also think with, like you, that you think you've got to say apparently very much so. I've not seen any real clarity on on the comments, but he's got to come out and say that, doesn't he? Um, And I think that... 
I think his time at Celtic is done. I was really keen for him. Really liked him when he first came in. And was really impressed by everything that he could show. Um, and I think, I think if he hadn't said what he said, I probably would have been inclined to say that he could get in ahead of Carl Starfelt. But I think that's then also just being too disrespectful to Starfelt, um, mm. because you know he's worked through unbelievable hate actually from from Celtic fan base not always been his biggest fan myself and I think maybe that's why I, I am saying maybe Julian but I think he's, he's not done an awful lot wrong he's done he has made mistakes no two ways about that I don't think you can paper over those cracks but um I think that Starfield and, and and Carter Vickers are just showing something a little bit different than what than what Julian it doesn't, didn't, and I do. I think his time at the club is done. And there is a sadness about it because I do think that he really could have been a player, but along with the injuries and just the, yeah, the, I think more than anything, it's just the manner in which he's went about, about uh, the manner in which he's went about things recently. Um, yeah. It just overweighs everything, really. I think, actually, right, two completely different players, certainly two completely different sizes. But see, when you look at Julian and Dembele, their, their injuries effectively finished their Celtic career, not their football career. Dembele will go and get a, a, you know, a side potentially in Serie A. Julien, I'm sure, at 29 will still get a decent side probably back in his, uh, his homeland. But you know those two injuries, the, the ankle break you're talking about down in Wales um, that Dembele suffered down there and of course the knee injury that, that Julien suffered, they just never ever got back into the fold. And I mean, at the end of last season, Amy, he's, he's playing fourth fiddle to Stephen Welsh. Stephen Welsh was the third choice. Um, Julian was kind of nowhere to be seen and often not even on the bench. Um, but I think one thing we've learned from Ange Postecoglou is that he'll be making a decision. It won't be Chris Julian that makes the decision. At the end of the day, Jungle Lion does make a good point. Julian has to say he's staying fighting for his place because no one will touch him. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, people must be looking at that. Football clubs must be looking at that and thinking, right, he's a risk. Yeah, they can put him through his medical, but he's, he's had very, very little football in the last 18 months. He is a massive risk for any club taking him on. Um, but thank you, everybody, for your comments. It's been a quick hour uh, chatting away to, Cel- uh, to Amy about Celtic and, of course, Bonnie Rigos. Um, and if you are watching us on YouTube, because that is where we're actually um, putting it out, that's where we're broadcasting it, this week at least anyway, we'll see how that goes, then make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And give us a wee thumbs up on the uh, video as well. And if you do want to support Axel, a wee bit further, we do have some merch, and uh, the link to that merch is underneath the video. Look at all the beautiful Shamrock jerseys you could you could actually own. Get on the website, um, link underneath the video, and you can get them um, within the next couple of days. And also, there's a book in there, which is the Henrik Larson book, which Kev Graham wrote. The only book in the world written about Henrik Larson using the art of poetry. So well done, Kevin Graham, but you can buy that as well. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved um, again with the Axom uh, Bulletin on a Monday. It's been an absolute pleasure. And all that's left for me to say is, Amy Canavan, thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply